Ear splitting before match point. Londa. Chin. Turn back and Purdue wins. Setting up Peterson again. Block. Boilermakers do it. They survived the upset with a three-set run to win in five and advance to the Sweet 16 for the third consecutive year. The block by Purdue and the Boilermakers are moving on. The Dig City Podcast is presented by Franciscan Health Sports Medicine, inspiring health. Franciscan is the official medical services provider of Purdue Athletics. Welcome back to the Dig City Podcast. Corey Palmer, head coach Dave Shondell, our coach. We're coming up the final week of the regular season of the fall of 2022. Um, there were times in the past months it never felt like we'd get here. There were times where it feels like it's on us all too quickly. But you've yeah. got two matches left on the road. We'll talk about those uh, a little bit down the road, uh, down the stretch here um, in today's show. Uh, also, we'll look at NCAA prospects where we think uh, the Boilermakers might fall, in or out, um, and then perhaps where. Uh, but first, let's talk about the week that was. You had uh, senior night last Friday. Friday? Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long week. Friday night. Played Friday and Sunday. Friday and Sunday. Uh, Michigan came to town. It was a great battle on the floor and a great chance to honor uh, what's been a very important class for this program. Uh, just overall thoughts on Friday night's action. Well, I mean, first of all, it's, it's a flurry of activity here down the stretch. You play Friday, you play Sunday, uh, you play Wednesday, you play Friday with three of the last three on the road. So um, we're getting our traveling shoes on and, uh, and getting ready for what lies ahead, you know, and then probably everything else down after that's going to be on the road mm-hmm. too. So uh, let's figure out how to, how to do that well. Um, the match uh, against Michigan, we always feel it's super important to win. On senior night, you have um, you know a great group of people. In this case, you had five regular seniors. You had two grad seniors that are you know playing their last college match as well. So it's important that that you send them off in a positive way, and, and it couldn't have happened any better because every one of those those seven all participated in that match, and they all contributed. We weren't just throwing them in to try to get them playing time. It was a dogfight with Michigan, as you knew it would be. Um, I've said several times that Michigan has tremendous talent. They've got some physical specimens at the net, um, and uh, they're really hard to beat. They're hard to score on. So um, it, was a, it was a real good match and um, came down to the fourth set. And I think it was, at one point in time, 21-21. And uh, we, we scored four, I think, four of the last five points to beat them 25-22. to 22. Mm-hmm. Uh, But just good performances throughout. Uh, uh, certainly those seniors contributed big um, to that. The grad seniors were, were exceptional. I think Hannah Clayton is, is really starting to play well. It's funny, she's in her fifth year. And yet she's now doing things that we haven't seen her do before. And uh, so that's good to see. And Jen is, you know, playing top of her game. Her arm swing is, is improved. She's putting balls away unlike any other time. So uh, it, it's, a, it's a good time for this team. And, and I, think we're, again, I think we're playing better than ever despite, you know, some of the losses we picked up. And I, and I mentioned this in the um, press conference yesterday. You can't evaluate a team's progress by wins and losses in the Big Ten Conference. 
because sometimes you just like you go to Nebraska. Well, you know, it's hard to win at Nebraska. Yes. I mean, just just do do the numbers. They probably have lost four or five home matches in the last three years. So because you lose at Nebraska doesn't mean you're not playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I feel like we're, we're moving in the right direction, and I, I like the attitude of our team. So, But that was a great win um, at home. And, again, sellout crowd, standing room only crowd, and they all stayed for the celebration afterwards, and um, it, it was a lot of fun. That's good. Uh, like you said, then you, then you turn around and go to Nebraska, put up a, a, a really good fight in the first set. felt like things were – really uh, in your favor, and you mentioned Monday at your press conference, and John Cook took a timeout and um, was able to tamp down the momentum a little bit. Yeah, quite a bit. And, and that was... That but let, was me, let me get to that in a second. Yeah. I, I do want to do this, because I would be foolish not to, because our home crowds this year have been unlike we've ever had before. Not that we haven't had lots of sellouts, because that's been the norm here. But our block party, our student section, has risen to the occasion. They've had great leadership over there, tremendous consistency in, in showing up and giving us what we need. And, and the rest of our fans feed off of that. I mean, our loyal fans, and again, I'm not going you know, to try to identify who all they are, but our community people, our John Purdue Club people, the youngsters in the, in the community, they feed off the noise that is being made there. And it's, it's just become such a great place to play. And, and, and I feel, feel bad we didn't win as many in our gym as, as we would like to, but we played some really good teams at home. And uh, th- this team was just not up to the, the task on a couple of nights. But uh, I just want to make sure those fans know how much we appreciate them and, and we think success will continue in our program and that there's a lot of excitement ahead. And, again, if, if, if you can get a season ticket, jump on it because they're going to be hard to hard to come by and that's about the only way you're going to be able to see this team play in the future. Those typically go on sale early in the summer. Uh, if, if, if they even the go on sale, if yeah. there's even going to be available. There's a pre-sale. Uh, uh, yeah. And, and again, we got to figure out a way to play a couple matches in Mackey. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I just think that's, that's only fair to the Boilermaker Nation is that we find a way. Apparently this year it was a deal with cameras. That's probably in your wheelhouse somewhere, Corey. I don't know if you'll take credit for that or not. But nope, stay out of that one. There's got to be a way. <laughs> Technically, this is Purdue, isn't it? Yeah. There's got to be a way to engineer some cameras up there for the video challenge. But uh, anyway, uh, back to John Cook calling the timeout. <laughs> uh, we did go to Nebraska, and, and Nebraska is one of the five best teams in the country. And right now I think ranked as the top defensive team in the land, and, and they didn't disappoint their home fans with their defense that night. But – um, we, we played really well in the first and could have won that. We kind of dropped the ball late in, in, the, in the second. We were up 22 to 20, I think, and they got five in a row. And uh, we made a service error out of a timeout at 22-20. They served some uh, – Lowenstein went back, and she was the real culprit uh, for them. She was just serving bullets and, and really made it tough on our passers. And uh, she had three runs, I think, one in each set. That causes some trouble, but we lost that one 25-22. Battled really, really hard. We were up 10 to four in the second set uh, when Cook called the timeout. And at that point, we were out hitting them. Our hitting percentage was superior to theirs. We were out blocking them 7.5 to three. Uh, we were serving tougher than they were, and we had more digs than they do. So we're playing pretty well at mm-hmm. that point. Yeah. Uh, but that was when the fun stopped, and uh, we lost the 25-20 set. Uh, Still competitive uh, to a good team, uh, and then we lost uh, um, 
pretty bad in the, in the third set. We just couldn't get it going, and we got a lot of people in. I just got it, you know, I felt like here's an opportunity to see what someone else might be able to do because we had some people not doing a whole lot. And uh, so we got about everybody in the roster in, into the game for the most part. But um, one thing that we did happen, I think, I don't know if our fans know this or not, but we're up 18-16 in the first set, and Meg Renner, uh, tries to make a defensive play. I think she was driving forward, and the ball was hit deeper than she thought, so she tried to avoid it as it was try- going out of bounds and uh, kind of made a move that uh, Jacqueline Hart made back at Texas when she tore her hamstring. This yeah. wasn't a hamstring tear. I can't really tell you what happened with Meg. It's against uh, against rules with our training staff. Uh, but she did get hurt, did not, could not play the rest of the match. Um, she will return at some point in time. Right now she's day-to-day. And I haven't seen, you know, what she got done today, but we're looking forward to getting her back as soon as possible. But Grace Skip Balancefer, the grad transfer from Northern Illinois, stepped in and did a really, really good job. Our, our fear is that you play a team like Nebraska with the big left side hitters, they're like 6'4 everywhere, um, that they might be taking advantage of or hitting over the top. I went back and watched the tape. She, she was involved in blocking about 45 times, only one time did she get taken advantage of? Okay. Now, there were some kills while she was up in the play. Sure. But most of them were balls that were being hit sharp cross court at the seam. She got seven deflections mm-hmm. in the first game that she came in and played on Cubic. Deflections that went back on their side yep. that they had to, you know, um, start over again and try to get something done. So Grace did a really good job uh, with, with her blocking and um and I, I think that was a real positive as we move forward. Statistically, not a block because it doesn't result in a point. Right. Not a stop but, block, yeah. But but very effective still, you know, to get to get yeah. deflections. And, and, and her backcourt play is very very good. Yes. And she delivers a good ball and she yes. serves tough. So um, whether we go with her or Meg down down the stretch remains to be seen. But uh, I feel we're going to be fine. Well, and you've talked about Grace, you know, earlier in the season where she's at the point in her career where she's a very important piece. As a second setter, now you see why. Yeah. You know, you never know down the stretch what you might need. But also, you know, you weren't going to throw her in in mop of duty. You were going to save her for for moments that mattered, and she was yeah. clear on on that that role. And yeah. now now here we are with you know two games left plus the postseason, and and her role could be more important, maybe not. But mentally, she's in the right spot. Yeah, she's always in the right spot. She's she's that kind of a competitor. So we're lucky we have. Grace Balancey for ready to go. No doubt. Um, the the ABCA poll comes out yesterday. Uh, the the your fellow coaches recognize your team. You you, you held steady at nineteen, mm-hmm. and you know firmly in the top twenty uh, for a long streak of of being ranked in the top twenty five. Uh, going back several years, this this program's in in the right spot, and I think it you know it's good that they recognize hey going. Going to Nebraska, losing in three, is going to happen to most teams. In well, I think that game was national TV on the Big Ten Network, and I think that anybody that would have watched those first two sets um, would have seen that Raven Colvin's playing really, really well. Mm-hmm. They did a great job on Eva. They're the, like I say, they're the best defensive team in the country, and, and their game plan was to go out. They had a Lowenstein who's about 6'2 and just jumps out of the gym. She's one of the best jumpers in the country. And Horde, who's the best blocker, in the country, I think at this point in time, or one of. Used to be at Penn State, and she's in her fifth year. 
And that's who they had matched up against Eva. Yeah. And Eva did not get a lot of in-system balls, which is something we have to do a better job of. We just can't throw her the garbage all the time, which is kind of what Newton got. And what a lot of it is. a lot of six-rotation outside hitters are going to get a lot of bad stuff because when you're in system, the easiest way to score is to set your middles or, or set behind in a quicker ball where you've got some one-on-one -on -one opportunities. And they certainly were leaning towards Eva, but she did not get a lot of great opportunities. And I talked to her about that yesterday. You know, you can't get frustrated. Number one, you're playing against the best block you're going to probably see all season, and you didn't get a lot of good looks. Mm -hmm. So forget about it. Let's let's move on. And now this team we're playing uh, next, Maryland, also a great blocking great team. Blocking maybe, team. Maybe the best ranked blocking team in the country. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it will be another challenge for us, but that's why – I think our setters have to make sure they get her some good looks and not just constantly feed the middle and the right side when we're in system. When you've got someone like Eva that would also hit, hit a very high percentage if given that, that good look. Now, Maryland's probably not going to the postseason, just looking at their, their schedule and their RPI. But is it's good to have, I would think, it's good for your side to see a challenge like one of the better blocking teams in America at yeah. this time of year, see how they respond, how, how yeah. they've grown maybe in the last Yeah, season. I'll get to that in a minute. But... Um, People will probably say this is just Big Ten garbage, okay? But I, I, let me say this. Our conference has never had teams like Michigan, mm -hmm. as good as Michigan is this year, Maryland, Illinois, Northwestern, and even Indiana, Yeah. okay, who yeah, just which, beat Ohio State. Which proved what they can do, yeah. And has been competitive with a lot of people this year, okay? In, including us. Those are five teams that would go in and could very easily make noise in the NCAA tournament. None of those teams are going to get in. Yes. None of those are going to get in. And um, I don't know what's happened with the RPI in our league. Um, I'm, I'm not a mathematician. I'm pretty familiar with the RPI and how it works and things like that, which fortunately for us, it's, it's been fine. Our RPI right now is 24 yep. in the country. And so we're going to get in the tournament. Um, but um, those teams are really, really good. I mean, I thought Northwestern was on target to make the first – tournament in many, many years. Um, but Maryland, Maryland may be the best of those teams right now. I mean, they are really talented. And when I watch them in tape from what they did the last, you know, couple of weekends, man, they're, they're scary good. And, and yet they're going to be at home watching 64 other teams play. So I think the ends, the Big Ten has to, has to look at that and figure out, we can't just say, oh, God, just one of those years. No, we got to figure out how did those teams not make the NCAA tournament Such when they had that kind of talent. Uh -huh. um, and if, is it because we're playing too many matches within our league? And if we went out and played some other people that are going to make the tournament that I think that a Maryland and a, and a Michigan and an Illinois are going to beat, then maybe that would be more advantageous because right now it's the RPI, the almighty RPI, that is keeping those teams, and they made they got beat by in some matches they probably shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. So they got to take some credit for that. But when you get in the league, and the the the, the out of, it's just the out of conference records just weren't good enough this year for some reason because everybody's trying to play these great conference great non conference matches uh, in in hopes of hosting, and or hosting all four matches. And right. I, I know I'm getting complicated here, but. Um, anyway, that's that's one thing. What, where were we going before I got? Well, we were talking about the challenge of facing uh, a Maryland squad yeah. that has something that they do so well, like blocking. Be able to see that and, and see how you guys. You have, have to be super aggressive. Yeah, you you cannot be intimidated because they're a great blocking team. Because um, people who play tentative is, is ha that's how you get blocked. 
That's how you, you lose your efficiency offensively. Uh, we have to take big swings, big cuts. We've got to handle the ball well, pass the ball really, really well, get in system, let, let our setters go to work and, and get, get the, the ball to people at the right time. And then they got to take really, really aggressive rips. And you got to cover your hitter. You got to make sure that that's something we've done pretty well this year is our backcourt people, whoever they, they have been, are, are, are there ready to cover a ball off the block. And then uh, you transition back into swinging again. But we've got to be aggressive and we've got to be sharp because this is going to be a real war at Maryland. I, I, it, again, I, right now, they're playing better than any Maryland team I've ever seen. You'll have 24 hours off. That 24 hours happens to be Thanksgiving because you play yep. Maryland on Wednesday night. Yep. Then you'll, you'll travel from College Park to uh, Happy Valley to play uh, Penn mm-hmm. State on Friday. Thursday, Thanksgiving, you know, in uh, in – Central Pennsylvania, yeah, uh, and then getting ready to see the Nittany Lions for the second time in in less than two weeks. Uh, what? what uh, yeah, I I, I actually look forward to, to that time. You know, when you're, it's just you know your staff and your team, and uh, not that I don't want to be with other people because I certainly will. You know, you right. want to be with your family. They want to be with their families, but uh, it, it'll be it'll be a good time for us to, um, I think you know share our thanks for what we have. And if you're playing volleyball at Purdue or you're playing in the Big Ten, you've got a lot to be grateful for. Uh, I can promise you that. And um, But we'll we'll have that time together. And at the same time, we'll be preparing for a match with Penn State the next day. Um, but uh, I think Cracker Barrel is going to be involved in that. I think we're going to pick up the food from Cracker, Cracker Barrel and bring it back to the, the hotel. And we'll have our usually dining hall that we'll be able to utilize for that. But, um, yeah, it's going to, it's going to, you know, we're going to be on the road a lot here yeah. uh, in the next couple, couple of weeks, hopefully the next several weeks. And so we need to get comfortable in that environment and get really good at it. And this is a good practice for us. That's this week. We're going to take a quick break. Then we're going to come back and talk about after Friday, what happens then and uh, sort of the prospects for the Boilermakers. Stick around. The Dig City Podcast is presented by Franciscan Health Sports Medicine, inspiring health. Franciscan is the official medical services provider of Purdue Athletics. Now back to the show. Okay, Coach, so wrap up the regular season on Friday night, um, and then Selection Sunday happens a little bit later. I'm sure you'll spend Saturday uh, maybe without anything to prepare for, just taking in the bucket game, I would imagine, and maybe some basketball, but... uh, um, Saturday, or excuse me, Sunday night selection show. Um, I know, judging by the RPI and the the, the forecasted RPI, future RPI, uh, feel pretty secure with a position in the postseason. Uh, what, just what what are you? What, what's your mindset going into selection Sunday? Well, I think we're gonna you know be somewhere between twenty two and thirty. Um, and you said they're seeding all the top 32. They see the top 32 this year. So what? The, what? And our fans. Need, maybe we talked about this before. Maybe we haven't. But this is the first year that in the sport of volleyball they're going to seed one through 32, uh, and then the last 32 will be regionally. They'll try to fill them in the best they can regionally for for fiscal reasons. Okay, women's basketball. That's not the case. They go one through 64. But at least now they're going to go 32 deep with us. So that, that means that every second round match, one should play 32, if, if providing everybody wins their first round, which won't happen, but one through th- play 32, two plays 31, all 16 plays 17. That's how that will work. So 
when when I look at it, and it, it's it's really nearly impossible to speculate too much, but you cannot play a Big Ten opponent in the first or second round. So we're not going to be going to a Big Ten site. Um, and if they do it the way they're supposed to, one through 32, they're not going to try to keep you close to home for any reason. It's just basically, okay, if you're number 26, doing the math on that, you may be playing seven. That might be right. 26 would play seven, something like that. Or, or um, So let's say we're 26. Then you got to look at who the seven is. Well, seven might on paper be a Big Ten institution, so you can't do that. So who's right around that? Uh-huh. And if I look at uh, – I had it pulled up here a minute – so seven's Nebraska right now, according to the RPI, if they go strictly by RPI, but eight's Kentucky. Yeah. So maybe that might be where we would go. I, w- I could see us going to Kentucky. Oregon is a possibility because their RPI is nine. Florida's 10. San Diego's 11, but they're ranked second in the country, so yeah, I think they fine. get bumped up a little bit higher. Marquette is another spot. So mm-hmm. those are just, I mean, it's just a crapshoot right now. Because how we do this weekend, we'll have some indication of where we finish with an RPI and where they want to seat us. And we've got two really tough opponents ahead of us. But um, we're prepared to go anywhere, and I think we'll be ready to play, and I think we'll uh, make plenty of noise wherever we go. I think it would be really interesting to go to Marquette because, if, if I'm not mistaken, they've come here yeah. the last two times that we've hosted the first weekend. So it would yeah. be it'd be kind of interesting to me to, to return that. And, and right now I think they're tied uh, – for the league, I think they did tie the league with Creighton. They both they, they split against each other. There really wasn't anybody else in that league that could compete with them, um, and so they'll have they they do have a Big East tournament, so they'll play again uh, before it's over. So Creighton and Marquette are, are other, two other options on where we might might go. How do you feel about conference tournaments? That's not something we've ever really talked about, but I know it's not necessary in the Big Ten, maybe. But, Not a lot of Power Five conferences are doing a, <laughs> okay. a, a, a conference tournament. Uh, I know we don't. I know that the Pac-12 doesn't, the SEC doesn't, the Big 12 doesn't, and I'm leaving out the ACC, which doesn't either. Okay, so none of the Power Five fun. conferences are having a, a conference tournament. We get normally we get plenty of teams in. I don't, I, we don't don't feel like we need to play a conference tournament to get somebody to play their way in, um, and I think it's the same concern that. Our basketball coaches have when they go to a conference tournament even though I like the way they've formatted that tournament now where the top teams don't have to play four matches or four games yeah. to in, in four <clears throat> days then now you may just play three the last three days but still you're playing a lot of matches right before you're going into the most important segment of your season the NCAA tournament so we feel like we're fine without it I don't know that it's gonna you know you think oh boy Big Ten tournament would draw like crazy yeah Depends on where it is, yeah. You know, and, and when it is. Uh, it would be over Thanksgiving, you know, Thanksgiving break. Does that help you or hurt you? Uh, is it worth it to go up and play it in Lincoln or, or Omaha when it's going to be a, a real help to that the school that's up in that area? You know, be a real advantage to Nebraska. Columbus would be a good site for it. Indianapolis would be a good site for it. There's a lot of good places for it. But yeah. if you if you have it, you want to make sure you're going to have a great environment. And I'm not sure we're assured we can do that in a neutral area um, as well as we could if we put it in somebody's backyard. Interesting. So selection, uh, like we said, is is Sunday night. I know you're having a, a little gathering here at Mackey Arena. We hope it'll be a nice gathering. Um, we invite the, the public and all of our fans to come out. 
I know it's Thanksgiving uh, week, but it's Sunday night. Most mm-hmm. of our students come back, We'd like to see our block party over here to, to celebrate. They've been a big part of, of who we are. Uh, but that will be at 7.30. They can arrive after 7 o'clock, and our players and staff and administrators will be here. We'll have several TVs, and uh, we'll watch that draw play out and hope for the best. There's nothing quite like being in the room on, on Selection Sunday, no matter the sport, no matter the team. It's, yeah. it's just fun. You can feel the energy. Pretty exciting, and I, I know that I'm proud of the fact that we're where we are right now mm-hmm. uh, with a team with a lot of new faces. And they've come together nicely, and they've competed really, really hard, and they've won some critical uh, matches this season to get them into this position. And we'd like to go in with some momentum, which means, you know, beating somebody here in the final week. For sure, nineteen and nine. I just want to revisit something that we talked about in the preseason. <clears throat> nineteen and nine overall right now. Ten and eight in the Big Ten, uh, guaranteed to finish at least five hundred, hopefully better mm-hmm. in, in conference, and could finish as high as fifth mm-hmm. in, in the league standings, which is. Nothing to, to, to sneeze at, for sure. Yeah. Um, for a team that lost six starters and was roundly thought to be, you know, a bottom third of the conference performer this year, preseason, or, or forecasted that way by, by a lot of the, the, the folks who think they know what they're talking about, just seeing what this team has done on the floor is, is it's been really awesome to watch all year. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, we could have done better. Sure. You know, there, there are a couple of matches that we probably could have won that we didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Maryland came in here and, and, and bit us in the, in the rear end um, and played really, really well that night, and we just weren't, weren't very sharp. And then the match at Northwestern, I was there. They were good. Yep. We could have won it. We were up, uh, I think, 6-3 to three in, in the fifth set and, and just couldn't finish. But, again, you have to see Northwestern's talent. To, to understand why I'm not sitting here crying in my water, which is what I drink now, okay? Um, that that's that happens in our league. I mean, Northwestern has beaten some good teams. They beat Minnesota. They, they should have beaten uh, Nebraska. The setter got hurt in the fifth set, and, and, and it could have gone could have gone the other way. And you look at what Maryland's done. You look at what Indiana's done. We beat them twice. Illinois yep. has got studs all across the front row. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm... I, I'm excited, as I, as I mentioned, I think, earlier this week, which would have had to have been yesterday because we're only on Tuesday, um, that um, my, my personal goal for this team um, was to get in the NCAA tournament and let the fur fly. Yep. And it, it appears as if you know, we're going to be in that situation. And um, so I, I feel good because you need to keep your momentum as a program, not just as a team during yeah. the season, but you want that pro- that momentum and that tradition of your program to continue so that that feeds into next year's group. A lot of these players will return. Uh, we're going to graduate some key people. There's no question. And then we got a really talented recruiting class coming in. We've got two kids that have red shirt that nobody has seen play and, and they're both, both very talented. So we feel good about where we're going, but I thought it was important that we not drop the ball this season and give credit to this team because mm-hmm. they've competed They've led, they've fought. And I, and like last night, I, I, I was not happy with our practice last night. And maybe it was what I had for lunch. I, I don't know, you know. I, um, and and, and I, sometimes I'll, I'll get critical when I know it's crunch time, okay? Mm-hmm. We can't walk into the gym and not be our best. We, we, I mean, I realized we just got back last night from the night before from Nebraska. Uh-huh. After, you know, we did not play well that last 
set, and, and we got beat 25 to 11 on national TV. That doesn't sit well with me. I wouldn't want that to sit well with them. You know, I would think they'd come in with a little fire in their tail. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just were there, and we were okay. But okay is not good enough right. in, in, in the Big Ten. It's just not good enough. And so, um, you know, we had to have a little chat post game. I'm sure they get tired of hearing it from me uh, sometimes. But um, and then I sent out a variety of texts that night trying to help them understand what needs to be done uh, in this match against Maryland for us to be successful position by position. And um, and I'm sure that, that we'll be ready and we'll play we'll play very well against Maryland. But I'm just telling you right now, Corey. They are a really, really good team, and they've got some bombers that are just attacking the ball, and we know how good their block is. Yep. Maryland, 7 o'clock tomorrow night. That's Wednesday night on Big Ten Plus, and then uh, 7 o'clock Friday night at Penn State, also on Big Ten Plus. You can listen on the radio or online. we got a good play-by-play guy on the yeah. radio. Yeah, he's, he's pretty doggone good. I, I, he might have a future in broadcasting. If he, I, I tell if he you, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And who we're talking about, my son Kyle, who's mm-hmm. the head coach at Indiana Tech with their men's program. Where he's doing a really, really good job of building that program. But uh, he's been a lot of fun for me and I think my brother John and, and everybody to, to have around um, because there are seasons in the spring. Um, their administration has given him the opportunity to come over here and do the play-by-play on our radio and uh, I think he learns every time he, he takes a trip with us, okay, because he's in every meeting we have and in every practice we've got and watches the matches, but just does a great – we've had really good people on our, doing our radio yeah. as, yeah. as our TV as well. But um, he, he, he's pretty, pretty entertaining, I think, to the people that listen back home, and hopefully, hopefully we can get uh, several matches here down the stretch that our fans can listen to. No doubt. You, well, closing thought. You guys took a picture last road trip, not not at Nebraska, but the, the road trip before that. The three of you, the three the three yeah. Shondell men, yeah. it made me so happy yeah. because you could see in the picture how much joy was on all three of your faces to be able to spend that time together. And this is just the older you get, yeah. the more you realize that yeah. those opportunities are so special. Yeah. Well, you know we. We just come back from sweeping the state of Michigan. So that's one of the reasons we were happy. Sure. It may have been more about that than the fact that we were, we, <laughs> we were together. But um, there'll be a day that um, I know I will really appreciate the fact that I spent the last you know many, many years with my brother John. Yep. Because uh, as, as some know, when I grew up, I was 12 years older than John. I still am today. That hasn't changed. Funny how that works. Uh, but I didn't. It wasn't like John and I were running around together, right. okay, um, when we were younger. And uh, I was in college, and he was not very old, okay? You, know, you do the math on that. I'm in college at 18. He's just six years old. So um, the benefit of being able to coach with him for the last 20 years and hopefully for, you know, 10 more um, have been that we've spent a lot of time together, and, and, and 99% of that's been, been a lot of fun and enjoyable. There's times that we don't necessarily see the same things, which makes makes it good as a staff. Yeah. But no, those things are all good, and uh, to have those those two guys around makes makes the trips a lot more enjoyable as well. Enjoy the trips this week, Dave, and uh, safe travels. Can't wait to watch. Okay, good luck to Jeff Rahm and the football squad, and, and a big football game on. Saturday down in Bloomington, and uh, also you know Matt's team is playing, and Katie Gerald's team's playing. So I'm sure wrestling. What's the wrestling got going on this weekend? Uh, they're going? off this weekend. They're at Vegas next week. Okay, so a lot going on, and man, have the have the crowds been off the chart 
for everything. They should have. And uh, we're, we're lucky to be at Purdue. It's a great time to be a Boilermaker.